0: Hello and welcome to the Scott Sportscast. I am your host, Alex A. Scott. Today, we have an episode of uh, Alex and an athlete. And today, we have a very special guest, someone that I know personally and watched grow and develop into the star that he became. And I would like everybody to give a warm round of applause. To Alex Labroski, how's it going, pal? What's up, boss? Is, oh, is yeah. everything cool up there in California? Nope. It's on fire. Oh, wow. Lit. Yeah, I walk outside in Fresno right now, and it's uh, it looks like you're in Marina, just fog town, and uh, 90 degrees, but it's foggy. Yeah, and it's all just smoke from the mountains.
1: Yeah, stay safe,
0: man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm safe from the fire at least, but I wear my mask whenever I go out, you know? Yeah. Um, So if any of you guys are females are in the uh, Fresno or Oregon, Washington area, go ahead. If you have an N95 mask, go ahead and wear it whenever you're out with all of this smog and smoke in the air because what it does is it reduces the particles in the air by 95 percent so if the air quality is really bad out of five and you wear your mask it'll be like you're breathing in level one good air so make sure that you guys are you know wearing your mask not just for the virus but also you know save your lungs you don't need a barbecue but anyway so how are you doing today where where are you at
1: i'm doing well i'm in uh Southern California, Irvine. Uh, I just finished classes, grad school.
0: Very nice. So why don't you go ahead and give us a little introduction on yourself, and um, let's just do uh, where where you went to school, college, and uh, any kind of activities that you're doing there in your degrees.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's So start off with, um, I went to Seaside High School, graduated in 09, and ended up going to UC Irvine for undergrad, and then I went to grad school, but now I'm in Harvard University for global health.
0: Big shot. Nah. (laughs) Don't sell yourself short that's That's a very prestigious tough school to get into, and the fact that you were able to not only get in but you know you're you're almost done just shows the level of person that you are Nothing's too big for for you, is it alex no. So how about we talk about early alex were were you always in california um in seaside where where did you start out and how did you make your way, if not?
1: So, yeah, I always grew up in Seaside. Um, born at the Salinas Hospital. Nice. The I don't remember. And then... Um,
0: a <laughs> <laughs> long time ago, huh? Yeah, that's a long time ago. Huh? When was I born again?
1: <laughs> Anyways. Any um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, seaside High School grew up in that area.
0: Okay. And then, so after high school, where, where did you end up going to school?
1: I ended up at UC Irvine. So that's uh, between San Diego and LA. Mm -hmm.
0: And that was for public health?
1: Public health and chemistry. Yeah.
0: And chemistry. And then where, where else? You've been to a few, few colleges. Oh yeah.
1: So then after that, um, I worked for a little bit, traveled for a little bit, ended up at grad school for Yale. And then I ended up dropping out and then I ended up enrolling in grad school for UC Irvine. And then I dropped that again. And then hopefully third time's the charm.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, third time's the charm uh, usually seems to be the old adage. I mean, you just learned twice on what, what you didn't want and what wasn't working and you found one that works. And that's the important part is never give up. It's so easy. Nowadays, to just give up on anything, it's a lot harder to work through it. And when you work through that adversity, that's when you really find out the type of person you are. Um, are your bone, are your bones hollow, or are they full? So, if your bones are full, you're going to be able to take a lot more uh, punishment that life has to throw out at you. Oh, definitely. So, public health. What what was the reason you wanted to go into public health? Uh, growing up, I've noticed there is
1: inadequacies in, a, I guess, community healthcare. care. Um, I've noticed a lot of people had to wait in long lines just to get their flu shot or just to see a doctor. Not even a doctor. They just saw a PA or a nurse. And they would wait like two, three hours. And I just want to be a part of that health field. Yeah,
0: and, and we definitely need a lot of people in that kind of health field. My wife, Josephine, she just um, hurt herself at work the other day. She is a caretaker for uh, at a retirement facility for people with dementia. And one of the bigger ladies that she was trying to transfer ended up falling on her, twisting up her ankle and uh, sprained her wrist real bad. So they, you know, of course, workman's comp, you got to go to the, you know, like the doctors on duty. and. She waited there for four hours. Well, there was only three people in there, and then they told her, "Oh, well, you actually have to go to the ER for that." Four hours later. Wow.
1: pretty sure you can go to mechanic and get your car fixed faster than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jiffy Lube, have it done it in heartbeat. Get that oil change. <laughs> well, other other than. Um, you know, the the lack of time in response to the healthcare. How, how would you compare it to healthcare's around the world that you noticed?
1: Oh, so when I was in the Philippines uh, as a medical intern and also in Thailand as a medical intern, yeah, I've noticed it's worse over there, lesser developed countries. So still grateful for being here.
0: Yeah, I mean... It, it's a lot better, but it's far from perfect. There's always room for improvement. So let let's talk about Lee playing or um, Lebrowski playing sports here. So was wrestling the only sport you ever did? Oh no,
1: um, I also engaged in cross country, football, swimming, diving, touching on gymnastics. Oh yeah, you know break dancing.
0: Oh yeah, half half of our wrestling season was a b boy club.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, we we all got down flipping and spinning and all that good stuff. Oh yeah. What what made you uh, kind of want to dabble into sports?
1: Uh, it all started in middle school. So I remember I was fat. I think maybe everyone in their lives at one point was overweight. I don't know, but, uh, in middle school, I was fat and I just wanted to change myself. So one summer I decided to stop eating McDonald's and play DDR dance dance revolution (laughs) for the whole summer, every day for like six to eight hours. And then I lost all that fat and got a six pack. And that's that's where it all started.
0: Nice. That was right. Whenever they, uh, Started putting the mats where you could play inside your house, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because
0: <laughs> man, uh, I couldn't afford all those quarters to lose that kind of weight uh, over. <laughs> right? some...
1: that's a lot of quarters at the arcade.
0: But I remember uh, anytime we would have a little get-togethers, you, uh, fam, uh, Josh, Hunt, All everybody start getting down on DDR, and I'm over here yeah. like, I'm gonna stick to wrestling. i'm like you know that's that's when my redneck really comes out trying to dance (sighs) well so out of all all of the sports that you did were how many of them were on a team like a an organ organized team
1: i mean all of them were cross country wrestling football swimming diving but more individuals in sorry, what?
0: That was all at Seaside? Yeah. Nice. And so I didn't know that you did gymnastics. Um elaborate on that. How was that?
1: Uh oh I kinda just did it in the that twenty-four or twenty-four fitness gym back in Seaside. So I would work on tumbling. I was inspired by Chandell and Delvon. Shout out to them.
0: Oh, yeah. I heard Shondell was, uh, is it Shondell? One of Shondell them was... Like, like circus, circus kind of stuff out yeah, there. Yeah. That's Shondell. Yeah. Under, underdo right? Yeah. 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 Um, and that was awesome. I would love to go watch him perform live anytime. Oh, I would definitely. love to get on here, actually. So, but so he, they inspired you to start doing gymnastics, and did that lead into break dancing as well?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Started doing flips, ended up being a powerhead in break dancing.
0: And what's a powerhead?
1: It's like when you do all the acrobatic moves while incorporating rhythm and acrobatic moves.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah. so the flippers like the people that get thrown up in the air for cheerleading, you know, yeah, kind of. pretty much the stuntman yeah <laughs> nice um so out of all of the sports which one became your favorite Actually actually was tied with football and wrestling yeah the problem with football and i know you probably experienced that problem as well because uh you know we we're the same weight class just about yeah. Was, was as soon as you get to a certain point in high school, size matters in football. Oh yeah. And it doesn't matter how good you are, if you're only five six and they're just throwing up to a six five tight end in the end zone, you ain't gonna be able to jump high enough to block it. Oh yeah. So so that's why I ended up stopped playing football was because, you know, hundred twelve pounds, soaking wet, five five six, um, you know, it's just you can't you can't take that kind of abuse and uh, have your body later on in life. So, I found a sport with a weight class. Now, football. What positions were did you play? Um, back in school football, yeah,
1: I I did running back and wide receiver. Nice. But in, in street football, we played every position.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how street football works. Yeah. <laughs> 5 on 5 right, and, football. Yep. And you you always got one guy complaining about wanting to be all-time QB. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> See, I never wanted to be a QB. I was always defense and uh I was a slot receiver and a cornerback. And I just love I love the whole one-on-one aspect of it. So Whenever you're a receiver or you're a corner and you're lined up man to man, who wants it more at that point, you know? Yeah. Well, so how long did you play football in high school? When, when did you decide to stop?
1: So I played the first two years, ninth grade, 10th grade. And then in between, I decided to improve my other sports like wrestling, cross country, swimming. Mm-hmm.
0: So tell me a little bit about cross country. How how was that experience with uh the coaches there at Seaside?
1: Uh Coach Smith, I remember. I think he's retired now, but uh he was an awesome human being. Uh he was also a photography teacher for a school. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah, he taught me a lot of life, life lessons as well about how to grow up, be a man. <laughs> uh, I was pretty immature back then.
0: Oh, uh, what Really, you're immature in ninth grade, oh,
1: oh, that's pretty bad,
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember I was there with you, when yep. the... oh man, we gave sugar some if he had hair, we'd give him gray hair, you know, oh yeah, definitely <laughs> but so how- how was it competing at Kosh country did Did you do well middle of the pack kind of any special feats
1: um first so I started in 10th grade the first year I didn't get varsity but 11th grade I surprised everybody because I started training off season and I was like all right I'm gonna beat this tall guy he was like six four six five Theo Gibson Mm -hmm. and I'm like I want to I want to be faster than this really tall guy and then I ended up being faster and ended up varsity I was pretty happy um I kept telling myself I'm gonna run five minute miles five minute miles let's do this let's do this I ended up with the fastest time, uh, fifteen twenty, for my Very, three mile time.
0: A three mile time, so fifteen yeah. twenty mile. Yeah, not bad, not bad. It'd probably take me about three days. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was always a pretty decent runner. I just didn't enjoy it as much as other people. I uh, hey, I got to get the runner's high. Yeah, exactly, and I just felt like I, I could never get it no matter how hard I tried because I think my best mile I was sub-six by, like, two yeah. seconds. You know, it was, like, 58, 558 or 557, something like that. I did that once, um, but run, running was never my strong suit. I I was the guy who never wanted to run. I was, like, uh, st- stand and fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> In pretty much. Yeah. But so so that's good. So what what kind of training did you do in order to kind of push yourself to that next level? What what did you what did you have an uptake in?
1: I literally ran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds A lot of
1: simple. But- yeah, it sounds really simple, but it's actually more complicated than it's supposed to. Um very analytical so I started looking into my mile times like what are my problems I noticed it was like my technique and like where my feet are aligned or my breathing and then I improved my uh I guess respiratory endurance
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah and it's just like anything else you know it you you can't quit on it you gotta go for it 100 percent and don't look back because as soon as you look back you just lost a lot of ground that you could have made oh yeah now wrestling I want to say that was probably the sport you excelled at the most oh yeah oh yeah anytime you have a state involved in any form is usually pretty good. So let, let's talk about wrestling. What what made you go into the wrestling room day one, your very first practice?
1: I recall growing up with Michael Pham. He was very monkey-like. Um, he likes to jump around. He likes to fight. He likes to do combat. And I was, like, inspired by that. So I wanted to, like, learn how to defend myself from I don't know, everyday bullying for my short stature. And uh, I, he got me into uh wrestling. He's like, "Hey, join. First day is here."
0: Oh yeah. And then so you go through the first practice. What what was it that made you come back for the next day? That
1: it was really hard and I thought to myself like if I quit, then I'll never know what's like on the other side. So I just stuck with it,
0: yeah and and that's the thing too, is wow, you don't wanna go through life with what ifs you know yeah and so so your your first season, you know you had a lot of learning and a lot of growing and a lot of growing up to do, yeah, and so whenever we were training. I remember Alex Lee was always laughing, always giggling, always doing something, and and that kind of kind of showed during your first year where you had to pay your dues. So walk walk us through your your rookie year wrestling.
1: My rookie year was pretty immature. I went to practice every day. I would just eat while my friends were starving. <laughs> Cutting oh, weight,
0: ninety pounds. You know.
1: Oh yeah, I was ninety pounds. I had to get up to one hundred three. So you know, I had to do my other workout. Um, <laughs> I actually was pretty fit to begin with. um Stamina wise, I can go all three rounds hard. I didn't win most of my matches. Lack of technique, lack of understanding, and all the little tricks, and that didn't change until the, the second year, tenth grade
0: yeah and so to tell us about that change what what was it that changed for you what what made you say hey i want to i want to excel even more i told myself
1: i want to go to state want to like set a really really big goal for myself okay and oh, when, when
0: did you come up with that goal when i saw
1: this Gilroy kid wrestled, and he was just clean. He was a star. And I was like, I want to be that kid. Jesse Delgado.
0: Screw him. Never <laughs> never got to wrestle him.
1: I know. Same here. I missed him by, like, I wanted him to do, like, a, what do you call those matches? Like, charity matches kind
0: of thing. <laughs> exhibition.
1: Yeah, exhibition.
0: Yeah. And he ended up actually winning. <sighs> Did he win or place? the? place in um ncaa yeah his rookie year i don't know if he won but i thought he placed
1: i will go later
0: yeah and uh he he was a wrestler from gilroy high that's before all of you uh uh cormier fans uh yeah before he started coaching there they they've always had just a stud program you remember yeah. those Russian, Russian brothers that they had, uh, Bordas and Philippe Navash? Yeah. Yeah. Now, those guys were studs. <laughs> yeah. They, they would have mopped Delgado with the floor. <laughs> so I'm kind of interested to see where they're at nowadays. And so, so you saw Delgado and you said, I want to be on that level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um and you you just liked how smooth and fluid his technique and everything was. Yeah, nice. So so then so then you set the goal for state. Well, what, what was your kind of first couple steps on your mindset on trying to figure out how to reach that goal?
1: Change my habits, discipline, how I trained being open to uh, being ambidextrous, so I had to be able to shoot both sides. I had to be able to take risks and started doing more academic, acrobatic escapes. And you remember the smiley roll? <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Grammy roll. Uh, was that the the head and arm, the gator roll?
1: The yeah, gator roll. And then smiley did something, too.
0: Uh, Smiley stole both of those moves from me, let's be real uh the smiley revolution was the head and arm from the feet yeah. and i was doing that all greco <laughs> but the the smiley revolution the one he named that's when he gave josh hunt the concussion in the practice room from the we had the two on one and then you pop him up take him down to the mat
1: but he called it the smiley face or something i don't remember
0: yeah yeah he called it the smiley face um yeah because he gave his teammate a concussion because he did it wrong. <laughs> poor. Uh, poor Hunt, man. He was puking outside. Lights were bright. Uh, but I actually almost got disqualified in a match for, for a, a slam just like that.
1: Yeah, making someone do like an arrow cartwheel.
0: Do you, uh, yeah, I, it was at Mission San Jose. I went up to 130. And uh, I got headbutted in the eye right off the whistle and got put in a head and arm right on my back to begin with. So I'm like, here. I'm like, oh, no, you're not about to bend me. So I work my way back up and I, I get it back to my feet and I have them in a two-on-one. And then so I do the same thing, but I hook underneath his left leg like a Navy ride, you know. Yeah, and I bring them all the way up, and then just Batista bomb (laughs) fold this dude. (laughs) Got bodied. The whole place went quiet, dead quiet. And you hear the slam. Then you just hear. Yeah,
1: wish we had (laughs) cameras back then.
0: Well, we did, but except for they weren't there that tournament. Megan and uh, Vanessa. (laughs) <laughs> so our film crew wasn't even there had the best slam of the season but yeah I knew the ref so I didn't get disqualified he told me dude I almost had to <laughs> so yeah but yeah that that was always um anytime I had a two-on-one it it was my takedown um so well let's talk about yours let's do uh what was your favorite takedowns. Uh yeah,
1: firemen's all day.
0: All day.
1: All day. I let them walk into it and then boom, execute.
0: Yeah, pinch pinch that arm tight. Mm. Yep. And flip and roll. <laughs> yeah, um you you know which one made me want to do the firemen's more was the movie Vision Quest we watched on the sleepover that old wrestling movie oh, yeah yeah he's all like working at a hotel and so every time he's waiting for the hotel elevator to come up to his floor he just does push-ups till it gets there and and he beat he beat the stud with the fireman's carry and it was it was so smooth <laughs> now outside of the fireman's what what other kind of offense did you like to use turkey bar turkey bar that was definitely yeah. your favorite pin oh yeah oh
1: yeah i know it worked on fish but it also worked on studs so
0: yeah
1: it did something right
0: <laughs> yeah you get that head lever right there in the armpit uh, and you just run around them <laughs>
1: yeah crank crank
0: yeah see i and for someone like you who i would say your your true talent light in your speed you you were able to not only engage but also react very fast and that that helped put you in more scrambled positions and whenever you're able to scramble that's whenever you could catch a thing like a turkey bar yeah now outside of the turkey bar what, what was other your your kind of pins that you like to shoot for
1: I uh, actually would barely pin I would just go for takedowns
0: yeah kind of more of a tech guy yeah yeah I remember when I started tilting people because I got tilted and teched um from a kid from college park and uh I was like oh I didn't even know you could do that and win. The guy wasn't really doing nothing. He was just holding me. So then I learned, hey, tilts work. You know, you just rack up your points. But so let's let's talk about after you made your goal. You decided that you wanted to reach state. How was your your next year after that goal was set?
1: Uh, it just got harder and harder. I had to align my academic goals and my habits outside of school. I had to align everything, life changing, just to become more competitive in wrestling.
0: It's really one of those sports where you have to give it everything, or it's not going to be fun. Um, yeah, martial arts is is the other. It's uh, you don't have teammates that will pick you up on a bad day you know it's it's just you out there now so when you you realigned all of your extracurricular your extracurricular i can't say that word today your extra activities um <laughs> so you, you aligned everything up you got it going when, when was it that you noticed you were on the right path, that all of that kind of sacrifice was starting to pay off?
1: When I started having more, I guess, confidence and awareness for myself. So I told myself, hey, if I try or shoot for the takedown, because I usually would be the counter guy on like defense and then counter takedown. But what if I just go for the takedown? And then when I take someone down, I was like, oh those are my two points not the two points that they messed up on so then i was like okay i got this so then i started practicing more and more and more started doing thousands of takedowns with the dummy and fireman's carry and then i 98 success for fireman's carry
0: that's good very good yeah man uh it's funny because people they just really walk right into that fireman's too it's it's one of those moves that seems a little old school, but old school still works. Oh, yeah. Um, like me, I was outside of Greco. I liked the outside singles, the low singles, and worked that whole uh, high crotch, run the pike, treetop, you know, that, that whole sequence. Um, so so you, you started landing your takedowns. You started being more aggressive and confident in your abilities and then so what was your first big win where you're like hey i got this
1: when i went against ranked kids towards like the semifinals of a competition and or when i placed and got my first medal i was like oh cool i could be like alex scott or george scott
0: I was trash, bro.
1: No, you were getting medals left and right. <laughs> yeah. Walking home every every weekend with a medal, you're like, "Oh, I forgot which one I had."
0: <laughs> I did though. I uh, I always forgot. I don't even know where any of them are now. Just, yeah, just... you almost
1: broke your neck just wearing all those medals on your neck.
0: <laughs> all that metal, dude. Hey, man, you made it. You made it a lot further than I ever did, though. So. That just speaks to your, your volume as well. Think about that. I would have to say you're a better wrestler than I, at this point.
1: I used to more aggressive.
0: Yeah. I mean, at, at 112, robot. no one can handle my aggression. I, uh, yeah, no one. I was a lightweight bully. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But so let, let's talk about that. Um, uh, that magical senior year that you had with actually placing top six in CCS and being a state alternate wrestler. Um, Now, for people who aren't aware of what CCS is, that is for high school, the Central Coast sections. And usually in wrestling, the people who place top four in sections qualify for state. So CCS is from South San Francisco all the way down to the Fremont area. So, Alex Lee or Alex Lebrowski here, he decided that he wanted to beat everybody up from the whole Central Coast section. Now, talk us through your senior year.
1: It's uh, pretty grueling. Um, I gave it my all right after 11th grade season. I started legit running 25 miles a day. I uh, started doing two hours of stair masters. I started, I actually took the wrestling dummy that weighed just as much as me. And it was actually taller than me back home every time. It was my carpool buddy pretty much. <laughs> started doing fireman's carry, started dropping it, started doing suplexes left and right.
0: Yeah, uh, that suplex game is just – it opens up so much of your other move sets. whenever yeah. you can threaten with a throw.
1: I got it down so well that um, I was able to legally suplex people during matches when they're on bottom and they stand up, just put them back down.
0: Yep, and when you're on top, it's all about control. Heavy yeah. hips, rubbing that face into the mat. Because what did Sugars always tell us? If it don't hurt, it don't work. Oh, yeah. And so your senior year, was it Coach Gary or Coach Sugars? Coach Gary. Coach Gary. And, yeah, so that's yeah. where you really got your throws and your suplexes. Yeah.
1: Taught me a lot of judo.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was the year after that that I became the assistant coach. Yeah 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 man I wish I would have been there to see that that magical season of yours now who who was it that um you felt was your biggest competition uh going into that CCS tournament I
1: don't remember his name anymore but I wanted to go against that kid I always did I was like this kid won't outlast me no way because like for me like Smiley called me Goku like Mm-hmm. that was my nickname so like period one all right period two super saiyan one period three super saiyan two go all out taking oh, advantage man. of them being tired
0: yeah you know we we never had a huge team but uh we had dogs man we yeah. only had seven people but we'd still win dual meets <laughs> like how we just <laughs> pin everybody. Um, so now after you after, how, talk me through that tournament. How how did CCS go for you? Did you uh, you win your first couple matches and then Ended hit a roadblock? In, yeah, semifinals, I believe.
1: Was that a roadblock? It was between me and Michael Lim. And uh towards the last I was thinking I was down by two, like four to two. And towards the last minute of the match i just decided to go i threw a head toss into a i mean a hip throw into a it's basically a five point move yeah to their back yeah had an arm had him there for the entire third period nothing happened referee didn't give me the points five points (laughs) i ended up losing the match uh i remember the monterey high school crowd they're yelling they were just saying boo they're just yelling i remember that my breath uh and my coach got into a fight we lost team points i remember that too
0: that's worth team points right there you just cost a oh, kid yeah. chance at state i know and I and know. all because of bad officiating you know and i miss the i, I miss the days where uh referees were enemy number one in the public's <laughs> eye. But so yeah, dude, that happened to me at CCS too. Um I went two and two the first day. So my f- my first match is whenever that dude from uh Gonzalez kept throwing up on me, you remember? Oh sick. Yeah. All over my shoes, my knee pads. And uh, they weren't giving me my points, and they weren't uh, – he was already out of all of his uh, injury, blood time, whatever, you, whatever they call it nowadays. Yeah. And still – and then I won two matches in a row, and then I lost my fourth match to a guy from Saratoga. Now, it was the same kind of situation yours had, except for I was down by one point, and the guy took my back. And so I try, I tripod up and fight in the legs. And then, boom, I lock my hands and I put him in a cradle while he's on my back. And I shake him off so that I'm on top with a cradle on this dude's shoulders, pinning him. And the ref says, uh, No reversal, um, end of match. And I lost, uh, I lost like 10 11. (laughs) and that was to make it to the top eight yeah but so I mean I understand how it feels whenever you know it's out of your control and you did everything right and it's still you know it's one of those life life's just ain't fair moments but so you went to state tournament as an alternate how how was that experience like watching those kind of matches?
1: I remember it's
0: way back. Bakersfield.
1: It was pretty cool to
0: have that light shining on you. Just that one mat? Yeah. Yeah, I always liked the finals. Um, it just it felt like a final. Yeah. And... So did you do any club wrestling, like Freestyle, Greco, outside, outside of the season?
1: Uh, I didn't really compete in Greco or Freestyle, but, uh, I mean,
0: not in high school. Yeah. Uh, and we're working our way there. So, yeah. so now that you finished high school, you're, in my eyes, a state qualifier you you, you kind of set your goal and, and you pretty much reached it as close close as you can possibly get due to a ref and so then you go to college and you you started at Irvine yeah, you see Irvine, and so you joined the wrestling team there, I assume. Oh yeah. okay. walk us through that how How was the college experience?
1: first off, I was a uh... 103 pounds so I had to gain 22 pounds for the next weight class since college college wrestling was 125 pounds for the minimum that was oh, yeah. pretty fun i uh, just ate three to four times a day and lift lift lift
0: it was hard for me trying to gain weight because i can't eat that much <laughs> I only need like one or two meals a day, you know, like i don't i it's so hard just to constantly eat and eat and eat uh, it's so hard, but how how were you able to do it? What was kind of your diet that that you used to put on that weight?
1: So I had dorm food, so it was all you can eat buffet, and I had like the highest i guess voucher to go in as many times as I want and just feast myself because I didn't get that much food back in high school to begin with.
0: Yeah, I know, uh, I was the same way. My parents made just a tiny bit more for the reduced lunch, but not enough to give me no lunch money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they need to redo that entire system.
0: Yeah, I don't even understand why they're charging anything excessive for that kind of food to begin with it's all microwave Mm -hmm. food oh yeah now now if you were back in the day like whenever you were cooking sloppy joes and enchilada, all that kind of stuff for your school lunches that's one thing but not if you're just going to give me stuff that i could go pick up at walmart for cheaper right now irvine you said you were there for a little bit, uh, so you gained all the weight, got up to 125. How how was the wrestling?
1: That's more intense. Uh, it was basically like like in school, um, valedictorians going against other valedictorians, but for, for wrestling, I was going against a bunch of state studs, and no fishes.
0: Yeah, they're all weeded out by then. Yeah, pretty much. And so, what what would you say was your favorite part about being on the college team? Uh, I just kept my
1: physicality in
0: check, kept me healthy,
1: uh, my mindset, and then my discipline carried throughout college.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean that must be tough, you know, pretty much being a a scientist on the going to school. Yeah. Now, now after you left Irvine. Did you, uh, you said you went to Boston?
1: Oh, yeah. So I moved to Boston last year uh, to study at Harvard.
0: And uh, did you wrestle for Boston University at all? Uh, I actually
1: was hardcore creeping and stalking and looking for a wrestling room. I, was, I actually would just go into any room or door available and I was like where's the wrestling room because I would ask people and they were like oh we think it's in here no one knows the answer and I was like where's the wrestling team I know I could just send an email which I did but I never got a response so I was like where's this wrestling room where's where are the people
0: oh man like I wouldn't
1: mind being a sparring partner like just hey come at me
0: <laughs> come at me bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got these hands <laughs> They're made of stones, but so you, you did you ever find it? Never found it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I was bummed out, and it was cold too.
0: <laughs> They're like, you mean the hockey rink down there, eh? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. But so, what what was it like being on the East Coast compared to being on the West Coast your entire life? Well.
1: I'm a beach boy because growing up in Seaside, we lived by the beach, we lived by Monterey Bay. Uh, Going to UC Irvine, we had surfing, so Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, Laguna Beach. And then I moved to Boston, I was like, where's the beach? Uh, Snow is not the beach, snow is not water. And I was like, "Uh, okay, yeah, it got really cold.
0: Yeah. So, your first winter there, pretty rough? That
1: was pretty rough. Except I successfully dodged every snowstorm.
0: Oh, yeah. That's how you want to do it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, I assume that you like the West Coast better.
1: Oh, yeah. West Coast best. West
0: Coast. Oh, yeah. Tupac over Biggie, y'all. Just remember that. Biggie was a Gore-flag drug dealer. Tupac was out here actually living it. That's that's where I'm, I make my case. <laughs> so uh, who you got, Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Yeah. Shakur, baby. But so, so you moved back, and now are you still going to Harvard, or are you back at Irvine? I'm at
1: Harper, I'm taking classes online. So I would wake up at like 5 a.m. every morning, every day.
0: Yeah, because they're on that East Coast schedule.
1: Yeah, three hours behind
0: for us. Mm-hmm. We're just still over here living in the past, man. But so we got you back at Irvine. Have you wrestled since you've been back? Uh, no,
1: unfortunately. Um, even before the pandemic, I didn't get a chance to do any like contact sports.
0: Yeah. And I can't even imagine now with the pandemic, how contact sports are going to make a comeback in, in schools. Yeah. It's just pretty crazy. Um, so being a uh, public health, uh, is it is it your master's you're gonna have next semester? Yeah, masters.
1: And I'm also appointed to a PhD. Nice. So this coming cycle.
0: So with almost your masters in the bag, what what is your thoughts and your opinions on this whole pandemic? Um do you think people are overreacting, underreacting?
1: I don't really have much to say, but otherwise then... we can all come to an agreement for something. We can get a lot more done.
0: Exactly. It's this one foot in one foot out with everybody is, it's just making it take longer. I mean, all the other countries are pretty much up and running back to normal and we're, we're still eight, nine months, almost a, a human pregnancy into this thing and no end in sight. And I just wish uh, people would take it just a little bit more seriously, even if they don't truly believe it's that bad. You know, pretend that it is so that we can get through this faster. That, that's all. And knowing my wife works with COVID patients, nine of her coworkers had COVID uh, in the past month. So we've been on strict lockdown. I. Uh, I get tested uh every time she gets tested. Um so she gets tested once a week. Uh now I think they're going to have to bump up to twice a week. And uh it's just you know I haven't been able to see uh half of my family. I have a stepmom who's on um he's pretty much on her last limbs with kidney failure. I have uh my grandparents are old my wife's parents are old and got diabetes and all this other stuff so we we can't take any risks and and that's what makes it really hard i um so if you guys don't want to do it for anyone else do it for me do it for me and alex here <laughs> so that's that's my little pandemic Preaching right there. So let's get back to the man of the, I guess, hour or more. <laughs> so, so now that you're done wrestling, what what are some of your new or older hobbies that you kind of revitalized or found?
1: Uh, I'm still stuck with piano. Still play by ear pretty fun I go to the beach a lot so I'm doing surfing, which is like skimboarding and surfing so I like to do both
0: nice I'm more of a boogie board guy nice but I do love me some skimboarding though just going after wrestling practice and uh falling in the water you know just felt good oh, yeah. well Let's talk about the difference in uh, the programs, per se, from college and high school wrestling. What, what were the coaches like, and what was the dynamic in the room like?
1: Uh, it's pretty much in college. Uh, we didn't really have a coach. We had, well, we did have a coach, but he was like the president of the wrestling club, and he was a grad student. Uh, he knew a lot. Uh, I respect him a lot. He was like my sensei. And it's pretty much like if you can make it, you can go, and you can make it. It's kind of like on your own schedule to practice. You're more independent.
0: Got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, less micromanaging. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's um, you know, they still get paid whether you win or lose. It's um it's up to you if you want to win you can't you can't make someone want it more than you do yeah and um i just wish that uh you know we we had things like middle school programs where we could have been able to get into it sooner because i felt if we if me and you both would have started sixth grade man sky sky would have been the limit oh
1: yeah i mean we kind of squashed i don't know five years of wrestling in two years
0: yeah i mean pretty condensed yeah so so let's talk about more of why why you decided to wrestle and what what kept you in it so you you were talking about how you set the goal and everything to go to state be all this but what was some of your favorite reasons of being on the high school team like what what was it that made you feel like hey this was a family this was this was the people that I want to associate with
1: I totally appreciate the kinship. I feel like everyone was relatable, um, everyone came from different backgrounds and coming from Seaside high, one of the most diverse schools in California yeah I, I miss it all
0: i loved I loved this uh those uh, food food fairs and all that because we had the, A- the Asian club the uh uh Hawaiian club every club that you could think of you know and we would just have food from every culture you just go from booth to booth and try the local cuisine <laughs> yeah. and so the diversity and and the camaraderie was the biggest part for
1: you. Oh yeah. We also looked mm-hmm. out after each other outside of wrestling practice as well. So it's kind of cool to have like an older brother since I was like the eldest brother of my family.
0: Yeah. And um being the middle child in mine and a twin, I um uh, I was lucky to always have that uh, that brother my age who was into the same things I was. And um, we were able to really push each other. And growing up, we always had a training partner, no matter what it is. And so not a lot of people were as lucky as we were. And that's whenever you join a team and you find those like-minded people, you can finally feel that sense of belonging. And I'm glad that we were able to, you know, provide that for you. Um so how about you tell me a couple of your favorite stories from from wrestling.
1: Oh, uh, the person that came up to my head was Darrell Ramsey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that guy.
1: Oh. I love him. He's awesome. Um, but let's go with uh I guess one of my personal personal matches. Uh I remember Coach Sugars was like, I tell him like, yo, I could score 100 points in this match. I'm going against this fish. And he was like, no, you're not going to score 100 points. So I started, like, taking him down, letting him go, taking him down, letting him go. Towards, like, the 30 and 15 area, I started letting him take me down, and then i get out to, like, offset the points. I think I was hitting, like, 40 points, and then he got super mad and just, like, hey, pin him already. And then, yeah, he started threatening me, so I just pinned him, tech pinned him. But, yeah, I was trying to get 100 points, man.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And he got so <laughs> dude, mad, dude. And you you got up to about forty points. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so so for people who haven't wrestled, if uh if you get a fifteen point lead on somebody, that is what they call as a technical pin, uh, technical fall. So technical fall. Yeah. And. That means that the match is over. You win because you beat him by 15 points. You know it's like a mercy rule. So Alex would take him down, get his two points, ride him a little bit, get some near fall points, and then let no, him up. No
1: falls. I actually wouldn't get any near fall.
0: Okay, and then he would let him up to get the one point. Yeah, and so that way he would stay under the 15 point limit. <laughs> 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 oh that's too good that's too good i applaud you so <laughs> that's awesome man uh so um so i'm assuming that was your favorite match
1: no it was just a funny match like a full laughs cool
0: loss. Yeah, well what are some others
1: uh darrell ramsey going back to that i remember in league He was talking about Burger King. Everyone was talking about Burger King, eating Burger King right before a match. And then when he won, he was really lazy. But when they raised his hand up, he just threw it up on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All the Burger King that he ate.
0: Oh, you remember Viet? Hey, coach, I'm about to go to PK. I'll be back. (laughs) Yeah. And then he would come back with PK, man. Oh, oh, man, we had characters, though. We, yeah. we did. I remember me and Zach beating the hell out of Ramsey one time in the back of the van with the pillows because he, he just wouldn't – he was just pushing buttons and he wouldn't stop. So we ended up there hopping back there, just whooping up on him. Oh, and yeah. uh, you remember oh, – I don't remember who it was. None. Was it not? I'm thinking about the uh, the Kool-Aid. Ta- we were at a wrestling tournament, and a couple of the teammates thought it was real funny to take a packet of, of Kool-Aid with no sugar and mix it with a tiny bit of water and take shots of it until you couldn't take any more shots. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, you know. so I'm like, no, I got a match. What are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, I think it was close classic. It might have been. And that was the match where everybody started throwing matches so that they could go wrestle at the JV tournament.
1: Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of my favorite one, I think it was your football, and almost got me in trouble.
1: Oh yeah, so it's technically my fault.
0: It's all your fault because I ain't blaming yeah. myself. <laughs> we have we have a football in the wrestling room, and I get this bright idea, like, "Hey, I'm gonna take this ball, and I'm gonna punt it as hard as I possibly can <laughs> indoors." And so I kick that ball with all of my 112 pound might and bust that, bust the light. Above the wrestling mat, the, yeah, the cover it, that it, goes it. over the fluorescent broke it, we went outside, <laughs> took it <laughs> hit it, and uh, uh coach never noticed coach never noticed, so if you're listening sugars, my bad <laughs> totally oh well, so outside of um Outside of that, you got any any other uh, funny stories? Like when Sugar busted his head open on the door
2: when he uh, tried to come.
0: No, no. no. Oh, that was funny. I, was, I forgot who someone tried to fart on him, and uh, he jumped out the way, but he jumped up into the door frame, cracked his head, and split it open right here in the middle of his bald head, and <laughs> it's just bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Uh but um. Uh, yeah so who who would you say were some of your uh your athletic uh athletes or things that you looked up to uh going through and growing up
1: um, i don't know where to start but i guess in high school you got mason foster michael avila you got darrell ramsey because even though he was funny and he was like on the smaller side of the heavyweights, he still he still show up with the Ws. He'd you re- still do upsets.
0: <laughs> you remember whenever he got disqualified from the tournament? I don't remember. He was getting pinned, and so he bit the uh, the heavyweight <laughs> who was pinning him's nipple. <laughs> Just got a big old chunk. Um, got disqualified. <laughs> Lost team points. <laughs> uh like, how are you gonna put that sweaty nipple in your mouth at the end of a wrestling match? That's gross, man.
1: You're trying to Mike Tyson him.
0: <laughs> oh, this guy's walking around with one nipple nowadays, and <laughs> yeah. what happened? Oh, high school wrestling injury.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, back to inspo's. I guess in football, it was Mason Foster, Michael Avila, Chris Nguyen, Quano, and then wrestling, uh, John Pusulo, Aaron Smiley, Michael Pam, you guys, Scott Brothers, AKA the Diaz Brothers back in the day.
0: We <laughs> were pretty similar, man.
1: I think you were the, like the Nate Diaz, and, he was like, and George was like the Nick Diaz. He was much more mature than you.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And and bigger too. So the the oh, weights yeah. match. Yeah, definitely. And so um what about uh professional athletes? Did you have a uh, pro- favorite professionals that you looked up to? Uh
1: Gamble, for sure. Right? It's Gamble, right? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh definitely G- DC. Gamble. Yeah, Gable. Kale Gable, right?
0: No, that's Kale Sanderson. Kale uh-huh. Sanderson. That him. I'm getting all, all yeah. mixed up. Oh, yeah. Dan, Dan Gable. Dan
1: Gable. Dan Gable, Kale Sanderson, D.C. Before D.C., it was D.C. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, did you know uh, Coach Roberto from Monterey?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I definitely looked up to him. I was going to add him to my, like, coaches that I, like, always looked up to.
0: He made the uh, the Olympic trials. Yeah,
1: he's a boss. He'd always and let now, me go to practice at Monterey. Everyone loved, was like, what is this guy doing here? This guy's from Seaside. He ain't, he ain't our color. Get out of here. And then just, like, in their eyes. And then I was like, I'm just here to practice. Like, you got, I learned from you guys. You guys
0: learned from me. Cool right it's it's a mutual symbiotic relationship yeah
1: but I'd be mobbing on like all like the lightweights around my weight class and then everyone would get mad like all right who's gonna take this guy down and I was like I need someone better so I go up in with 25 pounders so I'm like all right this is where I get wrecked
0: yeah <laughs> at a certain point I mean yeah side, at a certain
1: point side three side pounder side. cannot keep up
0: yeah it's like um you you get sprawled on, man. Uh oh, out muscle for sure. It's it's rough because I trained against people bigger my entire life. You know, you were probably my smallest training partner I've ever had ever. Yeah. And so whenever you have people like uh, like Aaron Smiley, uh, Jesse Gray and John Fasulo, those big boys starting to sprawl on you and you get caught underneath of them, man, that's that's so bad on your back and your shoulders. But so Berto, yeah, he he made it to the Olympic trials, and now he is the regional director of USA Wrestling. Whoa, whoa. yeah, wow. so so he's up there. Um, hopefully, one day I need to get in contact with him. I'd love to have him on, pick his brain yeah. a little bit.
1: I want to say thank you to him one day.
0: Uh, exactly. Just go back, reminisce. I know George. He he still prides himself on taking birdo down one time <laughs> yeah hey, but that's a that's a heck of a person to take down you know oh yeah and so so you let's get back to some of your hobbies nowadays so you're going order order what is it skirt scurfing
1: escape skimboarding, and then also surfing
0: yeah but what did you call it what was the name scurfing scurfing There you go. I'm gonna have to remember scurf. that. Scarf, scurf. scurf. <laughs> <laughs> but so so you do that, you play your music. Is it just piano that you play?
1: Oh uh, yeah, piano. Also do a little orchestra and electronic. But I'm focusing more on piano right now because I'm trying to push them out for publication. All 209 of them.
0: Nice. Very yeah. nice. You'll have to send me a couple, see which one I need to use on here.
1: Oh, definitely. I'll do some music therapy for you, too.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, so how long have you been playing the piano?
1: Since the end of, like, the cusp of eighth grade and ninth grade. Yeah. I started really late. We were broke, so we didn't have lessons. I just started playing around the keys until I matched Super Mario Brothers and um, Final Fantasy songs, Kingdom Hearts, Pokemon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the only one I could play on the piano was uh, So Fresh and So Clean. Nice. (laughs) Uh, But I played a bunch of instruments myself, just uh, never really at a higher level. I mean, I was in the, the drum line in the band and everything, but yeah. you know, I, I was a bass player in the back. Um, I, I, I could never work a 12 set drum kit or, but when my eyes went bad and I couldn't read music no more is whenever I stopped with music. Um, but now I'm trying to pick up the harmonica. Do it. Yeah. Uh, so I've just been working on that a little bit, but one of these days I might, I might show y'all if I get some confidence in that. <laughs> well, so the instruments, all that, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about some of your, uh, technician lab research?
1: Oh yeah. So I'm a research associate. I was formerly a research associate for Harvard school of medicine under uh, team Haiti for pediatric surgery, but that kind of got, canceled due to all of this and the lack of funding kind of bummed out Um, but currently I'm in research for the McLaren lab so we focus on hematology Uh, a recent project I've been doing working on is a hemochromatosis and the iron overload so we work with uh, iron deficient patients specifically african-american females and we had another sample size too with uh, caucasian females and I was just looking for correlations and associations for hepcidin, uh, which is a regulator for iron metabolism. And it's looking for whether it was associated with like iron stores from a ferritin levels, because I've noticed that different uh, patients have obviously different metabolism rates. Um, Ferritin is like a protein that, that stores the iron and releases it in a controlled fashion.
0: So is it kind of like a hormone in that sense?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, for some of us who haven't taken uh, any kind of uh, health or science class and aren't too familiar with the terminology, hemo is blood. Um, And What did you say it was? Hemoglobin? (laughs) Hemoglobin? Uh, your hemo hemo, hemo, hemo hemochromatosis. Comatosis, okay. And, and what is comatosis? Uh
1: I mean I mean like the actual uh what do you call that? Latin
0: term. Yeah, like what um Well Yeah, I mean or or altogether. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: So hemochromatosis is a disorder. Uh, it goes back to what I said, the iron overload. So it was like an irregulation of iron in your body. Okay. But I'm Damn actually it. curious of like the Latin breakdown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's where it all derives from anyways. Um, so you're you're studying the the process of iron through uh, through the bloodstream in a group of African American women and Caucasian women separately, yeah, to try to find where they overlap and and what the differences are, so that way you could key in on those.
1: Well, I'm also determining biomarkers for see if we can have like detection for any other core like comorbidities.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. See, because if we can find the causes to a lot of these things, then we can really just uh, start start working on possible cures and alternate uh, ways of helping these people through these kind of challenges that they have.
1: I mean, ultimately, I want to help develop treatments.
0: Uh, nice. See, so for with my eyesight, it's uh, I have juvenile macular degeneration. A uh, form called Stargardt's, So my eyes don't process vitamin A correctly, uh, and so it, it's kind of like uh, a misty shower door, if you would say. It just kind of, kind of coats, and you know how like you're brushing your teeth, and then some of it splats on the the mirror. Uh, that's kind of how my eyes are. There's just little little dots, hardly noticeable, but they block my central vision, and it's all due to a buildup of vitamin A. How does that work? <laughs> so, there's your next study. You got to figure out how to make me not blind.
1: Ophthalmology, fun. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. no, if you know how many nerve endings are in the eye, you'll quit but before you start <laughs> i'm gonna leave that for the smart people but so so uh did you ever find the term for that come with oh, so
1: chromato is a uh, stem from color. color or pigment
0: gotcha makes sense yeah. makes sense so so now is is that the only type of research you've done? Or have you worked with other uh, kind of, I don't want to say diseases, but disorders maybe?
1: I've worked with other labs in health and non-clinical.
0: Okay. And what, what were those kind of entailing in a layman's well, terms? Don't know where to start. It's a lot.
1: But um, I worked in an aging lab, so I worked with fruit flies determining like environmental and evolutionary factors. One of my professors pretty much played God and um, stirred evolution in his flies.
0: pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So do, are they like, uh, do they got more arms, more wings? They just look
1: significantly longer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Do they have thumbs? You know now they now they're making weapons. <laughs> What's going on here?
1: They're just living forever, not like literally, but like
0: <laughs> I don't mind if people play Jesus. Just don't play God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, what else? Um, I've worked in organic chemistry labs. I've worked in a alternative medicine lab and endocrinology lab at the NIH. And what is
0: the NIH? National Institute of Health. Okay. Yeah,
1: it's in but that's the Maryland.
0: Okay. Did you go all the way to Maryland or where is yeah, it Yeah, it's by DC.
1: It's not really fun. No. Rent's expensive. <laughs> the streets are kinda dirty. But I like I like the campus a lot.
0: Very nice. Yeah, I mean, especially around Baltimore area in Maryland. Yeah. It's funny, all these blue states are the ones that are the roughest right now. Tennessee, um, you know, I just hope that, you know, we can all remember how to live together again. It's, it's a shame that he lets things as silly as uh, how tan you are or how much money you have or what color car you drive. It's just people want to put other people in into groups and categories and just completely take the individualism away. And the thing that I love and main reason why I started this podcast was because it doesn't matter if you have a hundred wrestlers that I interview in a row, every single one of them are going to say something different and take away different lessons, morals, and experiences because... Everyone is an individual. We're not all just one group. And um, so hopefully that we kind of get back on track here. Um, Now, outside of your uh, surfing and music and here in the world one one lab research at a time uh what else what else are you up to these days what what do you do for fun
1: What's fun i'm just kidding Um, i'm still volunteering still volunteering at the hospital i just hit 10 years at the uc Irvine medical center
2: nice
0: whole decade yeah a whole decade i was like what that's crazy you're like the undertaker You're going to be there forever. Make a change one one day at a time. But, so, we got to talk about your wrestling, your gymnastics, your sports, what you're up to these days, um, where you're at. So, let's kind of end with a... uh, a little bit of a fun thing i like to do where i'm going to give you the option between two separate topics you will pick one of them and i will give you a random fact associated with it so let's start out i had had to come up with a couple new ones but do you want one that deals with animals or the United States?
1: United Animals.
0: <laughs> Just United States of Animal Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I'll give you both. You know, like radio, I want both. Well, you're going to get both. <laughs> um, so let's start with the animal. Did you know that? The tree frog in Alaska can hold its urine for up to eight months. Why? <laughs> Crazy, right? Like, know, and I'm glad you asked why because there is a reason. So, during the very cold Alaskan winters, you the frogs use the uric acidity or the acidity from the urine to help keep them warm through those harsh winters. And then once the temperature increases, then they go and and relieve themselves. (laughs) But talk, talk about having, having to, to hold it. Right. I'd rather, I'd rather hold it for five minutes than eight months, man. I don't know about you. (laughs) Okay. And so let's get to the States. So there's 26 letters in the alphabet, and all of them are used in the names of states inside the United States, except for one letter. Do you know what letter it is? Q. You got it. Wait, really? You got it. Hole in one, baby. I
1: was, I was like strolling, scrolling through the letters
0: like uh the only there is q that does not appear in a state's name in the united states <laughs> well wow. you know what that was a good one so since you knew that one i'm i'm, I'm gonna sneak in another one <laughs> did you know well, that the moon has moon quakes just as the earth has earthquakes <laughs> That's a headquake right there. Yeah. <laughs> and when you really think about it, it's like, why wouldn't it? You know, it all, all a earthquake is is whenever two tectonic plates slide across each other. So, so yeah, if there's gravity on other planets, then that means that there's going to be movement and that'll leave the earthquakes. In this case, moonquakes. <laughs> well, so, if you didn't have fun today, at least you learned something new. <laughs> but I think that that's all that we're really gonna have time to do uh, for today. I do have a class coming up, but all good. Why don't you go ahead and give us some final comments, anything you missed that you would like to uh to mention, bring up? any um programs like your uh your music as medicine? etc.
1: Uh, well, you can find a lot of my things on social media handle at Alex Lebrowski, pretty much any social handle. Um, I don't know, do you want key takeaway notes, like two cents? Yeah. Uh, how about, I don't know, from my collective life experience, I'd probably tell others to stop comparing yourselves to others to begin with and start comparing yourself to yourself um and just be better than who you were yesterday
0: you know you want to be the change you want to see in the world and it it's a simple statement but it's one of the truest statements i've ever heard
1: oh and you are your own masterpiece you beautiful
0: soul Thank you. Oh wait, you weren't talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, heck, at least I see you. Uh, you didn't get no prettier since high school, so that makes two of us. Oh <laughs> uh, well. And so, on a final note, if uh, you could go back to those high school days, back on the wrestling team. What is one thing that you you would uh you would have wished or seen or done different now that hindsight's twenty twenty
1: I blanked out sorry um <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry
0: story of my uh, life
1: I know right. I don't know. Probably would spend more time actually enjoying high school rather than 24-7 at in a gym. I didn't really get to spend time with a lot of people.
0: Missed out on a lot of those social uh, social aspects.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, I was just training, training, training,
0: training, training, studying, training. Yeah, and I mean... It's funny when we think about it. Four years—that ain't nothing nowadays. Uh, back then, it was—it was our whole life.
1: Oh yeah, pretty
0: much. Like one, one fourth of it. The... Yeah. And so I—I would—I would have told myself like, "Hey, you know, don't don't think that this is the end. Don't think that if you don't accomplish everything you want to do in your four years of high school." Um, you know, you're going to have plenty of time to figure it out and make your mark on the world, whether it be a good or a bad one. So lastly, let's, dang, now I blanked. Man, I... My, my excuse is I got punched in the head for a decade for money. <laughs> um, shoot. So, you got, uh, you got your handles. Um, you got a way to reach Alex Lebrowski. And do you, I would like, okay, that's what it was. If you had one piece of advice for a kid on the fence of wanting to try wrestling out, what, what would your advice be to, to the people who are curious about wrestling?
1: Just try it out. I mean, just feed your curiosity.
0: Yeah, because you never know. And what what do you really have to lose, you know? Exactly.
1: And that just applies to anything in life. Just try it. If it doesn't work, at least you tried.
0: Yeah. It's always a no until you ask. so. So there's a chance you might enjoy it or a chance you might not. But state qualifying wrestler, medical medical genius to be as working on your PhD soon after you get your master's, you got a lot of good things going for you, Alex, and I'm, I'm just happy to see you doing so well. You look great, you look, and it sounds like you're, you're just doing some awesome things in life, and you know, it's people like you that we need a lot more of. One of my favorite training partners, the Bolt, the Lightning, the fastest man in Seaside, the uh, the Turbo Jet, <laughs> the Spark Plug, <laughs> Goku. Oh no! O- only Goku was his real name. Leroy.
1: <laughs> Leroy. Yeah, you kept calling me Leroy. I was like, "What?" Yeah.
0: <sighs> Smiley kept calling everybody everything. I can't wait to That's have true. him on. Oh okay. yeah just needs to get some time from the military where he'll be able to sit down for a minute. Um, but other than that, I would like to thank everybody who listened or watched. This is Alex Labroski, one of my favorite people, one of my training partners and one of my idols. So I would love to have you back on eventually. Um, We'll be able to get into some more stories and things like that. Um, but until then, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time on Alex and an Athlete. Hello.